Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Who They Talk. Braden and Jay here. Uh, today we're going to talk about some Senior Bowl QBs, Andy Dalton, and a few draft prospects. So, let's just start off with the Senior Bowl QBs, Braden. All right, so I'm going to start by talking about Daniel Jones. I'm going to talk about Daniel Jones, Will Greer, and uh, what's his name? Mine's going to blow. Daniel Jones. Will Greer, and, and it's kind of- my third quarterback is going. Locke. Drew Locke, sorry, sorry. My mind's going blank, but Daniel Jones, uh, really, I was excited to see him to see if he would separate himself, but really, he, I know he wants Senior Bowl MVP, but he didn't do anything to separate himself. I mean, he already showed us what we knew. He was pretty accurate, smart player, could go through his reads, but he didn't separate himself at all. Yeah, and he's obviously a really smart player, and I think he's going to be a low to mid-end starter in the NFL, but... He's not a guy you take in the first round. He's a second. He's a day two guy. And, I mean, he he won senior bowl MVP. The stats will tell you he played good. But the stats won't tell you that there's also a drop pick that he threw. And he just – he wasn't all that great. And yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of it. Yeah, and the game itself is overrated. I more look at the practices because the game, a lot of these players are playing in a brand-new scheme. They're just – Going against each other, the game itself, I don't really look that much into. So I'm, I take note of it, but I, I don't really. I don't like, see the whole. I think the practice, like you said, the practice is more. Yeah. Next, I'm going to talk about Will Greer. Uh, Greer, he had in the game itself, he showed a little Patrick Mahomes of running around the pocket, which is kind of cool to see. But his arm strength wasn't. I was hoping he would show it off a little more, but he didn't really show an elite arm strength. Uh, I mean, it's better than Daniel Jones. But yeah, I, he's better than Daniel Jones. I, but I don't think it's at that elite level yet. And I don't know. I mean, the senior will kind of prove to me a little bit that he he's he knows what he's doing outside of that West West uh, outside of that West Virginia scheme. So that was nice for me. But other than that, I didn't really see much. Yeah, he was kind of he hasn't shown some of the elite traits that you want to see in a uh, friend franchise guy yeah and he's never really shown those i mean he's he's obviously at to some degree he is scheme scheme dependent to that degree i don't really know but he's just not a guy that he's another guy you don't take in the first round and this is coming from someone who had who had him as quarterback one preseason so yeah and uh i'm gonna be honest i've been pretty low on drew Locke, and i'm still not sold on him but he surprised me he did yeah i I haven't changed my grades yet. I still technically have uh, Drew Locke below Daniel Jones, but I think I'd be more comfortable taking Drew Locke in the first round just because he has upside, and Daniel Jones really doesn't have that. Drew Locke has the arm. He showed he's improved a lot from twenty eighteen or from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen, and at the Senior Bowl, I mean, he played very well. I, I, you can make an argument that he should have been the MVP. Yeah, and something else that I take note of probably more than just the regular people who watches how he was. How he showed during the interviews when people yeah. asked him questions, like he, Daniel Jones, he str- I won't say he struggled, but he was, was just plain and simple in the interviews. But Drew Locke, he was going in depth, explaining everything. He clearly knows what he's doing, and yeah, he was showing some of that upside that you want in a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, I can. I wouldn't pick Drew Locke at eleven, but if we did pick Drew Locke at eleven, I wouldn't be banging down the doors in Paul Brown Stadium. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be thrilled, but I wouldn't be upset about it. I mean, yeah. now if Daniel Jones was the pick, I probably would be banging on the doors of Paul Brown Stadium. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 
I the senior bowl did leave me impressed with Drew Locke. I, I will come come out with that take. Um, next, Andy Dalton, and just pretty much how a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about this lately, and how is Andy Dalton worth getting rid of this year, or is he worth keeping this year? Seeing how he plays with the coaches, is do you just trade him now, tank next year, and get a quarterback in twenty twenty? Do we just keep him for the long haul? Do we drop the guy this year? I mean, what? And so we're gonna talk about that. A bit. Uh, what's your take on it? Uh I've a lot of multiple thoughts, but the way I see it is, yeah, I'd like to see how he can do with an offensive-minded coach who knows what he's doing, quarterbacks. But we, this is the year to trade Andy Dalton if we don't believe he's our franchise guy. And if we don't believe he's a franchise guy, then I say trade him because his value won't be higher than this year. The And you're going to have teams like the Redskins who I would not be surprised trade their first-round pick for him just because not a great quarterback class. And also Gruden is fighting for his job. He doesn't have time for a developmental quarterback like Haskins. He needs a quarterback now. He's worked well with Andy, and he might want to trade for Andy. And we're not going to be able to do that next year. Yeah, two things on that. I mean, I, I don't know if we get a first for Andy, but even like for a second or two-thirds, I, I would trade Andy just because, I mean, multiple reasons. One, I believe the quickest way to win a Super Bowl in this franchise is get rid of him now, get that trade bait – or not trade bait, get that uh, – get those picks in return, sorry, and start Driscoll. And this year you address your hold on your – other than quarterback, you address tight end, you address offensive tackle, you address linebacker, you tank – you're not tank, but I mean, if you don't have a good starting quarterback, you're not going to do too great. Then you have a high enough pick where you, you're within reach to trade trade up for like your franchise quarterback. But if for some reason you decide, okay, Andy Dalton's going to be my bridge guy, I'm going to have Andy. I'm going to start Andy Dalton next year. I'm not going to draft a quarterback this year. I'm going to address all my needs, and I'll take the quarterback in 2020. Fine, but you're going to have to pay out your ass for a top five pick because there's a good chance you're picking in the late teams. And even with – the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And I, I kind of ranted about this earlier. But the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And no matter what, with, with Andy, I mean, he hasn't proven to us that he, he can perform in clutch. I mean, he, he's terrible in the playoffs. And I'm not blaming those losses on him. But when you look at his performance, even if the Bengals would have won those close games, the games where one little thing could have went, could have went the other way and we would have won, they would have won in spite of him. They would not have won because of him. And I don't think you can have a franchise quarterback that you have to win in spite of because you're never going to win a Super Bowl that way. Yeah. The way somebody – I forget who it was. It might have just been a regular person. But if you want to win – if our goal is the Super Bowl, then the best way to do is get rid of Andy now. That don't try and hold on to him. I believe that was me on Twitter. Was it you? I feel like it was a – it might have been. It was like 2 a.m. when I saw it. What, what day was it? It was like five days ago. Maybe that wasn't me. I tweeted <laughs> very similar like two yeah. days ago, but two or three days ago. But, um, I mean, just regardless, I don't and – if, and if you decide, okay, I want a quarterback this year, great, fine, do it, whatever. I wouldn't do it, but if that's, if that's your argument where you draft Haskins, Murray, or Locke – I can get behind it just because it's taking a risk. As long as you trade Andy, I'm I'm not for keeping Andy and then sitting someone. I I don't think that. I mean, the last time, when, do you even remember the last time someone was actually sat out a whole year? Besides, what's that? 
Mahomes, but Mahomes started the year started for a game. But like I, yep. I don't know. I I don't think it ends up working out too well when you say, okay, this guy, I'm gonna sit him out for a year or two because they never really sit out a year or two. The fan base always pushes back and they always say, oh, bring us Mahomes or bring us whoever, and it doesn't work out. So I don't think there's any value keeping Dalton if you draft draft a quarterback this year. Yeah, and it's just even if. Some people try and argue that a lot of Andy's struggles have come from Marvin Lewis, and that's fair. Marvin Lewis has never been good of quarterbacks. We saw how Palmer never reaches full potential here, and I'm sure to, I know for a fact that Marvin hasn't put Andy in great situations, but their failures kind of go together. It's not, Andy Dalton, when the Bengals start doing bad, Andy Dalton's one of the first people to do bad. He doesn't elevate anybody. Exactly. He just rides with the team if – Everybody else is doing good. He'll do good. If everybody else is doing bad, he's going to do bad. He's not going to pick anybody up. Like, people bring up, oh, look at the Atlanta game. He, he so good and so much adversity. I mean, you could argue that that's one game, but you look back on games like that, the scheme was still perfect with him, even when Eifert got hurt. When things are going good, he can be a good player, but – Eventually, things are going to get hard, like in the playoffs, and he won't be able to get it done then. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's I, I mean, we pretty much covered it, honestly. But um, now I, there have been some rumors about Tannehill coming to the Bengals just because of the pedigree with Zach Taylor and all of that. I don't like the idea just because I mean, if you're drafting a quarterback this year, sign into a one-year deal. That's fine. I don't think you sign a one-year deal. But if, you're, if your goal is to trade Andy and draft a quarterback in 2020, I don't think it's smart to sign Tannehill. Just for the same reason I said you should get rid of Andy. Because if you sign Tannehill, I mean, yes, he's not, he's not a great quarterback, but I think he's good enough where with a good roster around him, he, he can go 8-8, eight and eight, and, that's, and that's just enough to kind of bring us out of the realm of top, a top-five pick, like being able to trade up for a top-five pick without giving up your next two or three first, just because – I mean, if you need a quarterback, you're going to have to pay for it. The higher you pick, the easier it's going to, the easier it's going to be to trade for that pick, trade for a higher pick to get your uh, quarterback. And if you have Tannehill, I mean, you might end up with pick 17, 18, 19. Yep, for sure. And honestly, and the only logical thing I can think of Tannehill is since he's using him as a bridge quarterback, but like you just said, that doesn't make sense. But honestly, as of now, I think that's just speculation. I think it was Benjamin Albright who kind of first brought it up. and But I don't think there's any real thing yet. I mean, Zach Taylor is would be the reason why we'd bring in Ryan Tannehill, and he hasn't even taken the job yet. And he would be the one driving to sign him. And since he's not in there yet, I – now there's been talks of wanting to making a plan to sign him. There might be talks in the building of them speculating that he may want to bring them in. Maybe that's where Albright got heard the information, but I don't think there's been any real talks inside that organization. The Bengals trying to get Tannehill. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And I mean, the only way I can see it being, being even like remotely smart is if you can get, or Dalton and Tannehill gets cut and you trade for or you not you trade for Tannehill stock now. Sign Tannehill to a cheapest deal to be a bridge. I don't think it makes sense to trade for him because you're not gaining anything. You might as well start Dalton like that. So I, I don't know. I'm just kinda of, I'm kind of up in arms about it. I, I don't really know how to address it. But I mean 
Other than that, guys, we, we do have some prospects to go over today. We've got six of them this time. We went pretty big. Um, first off, uh, you want to start off with someone or do you want me to start? Sure, I'll do Deshaun Davis, the Auburn linebacker. Uh, right. Davis, uh, he has some. He's really good at something that really nobody else in this linebacker class is great at: getting off blocks. So I got a little excited, but for else, he's not that good of a prospect. He's not this athletic freak. Uh, he's very. He has smaller. He's small, and also he's not great at processing plays. Uh, it's not a Malik Jefferson where he's clueless, but he's slow and he doesn't have the ability like a guy like Devin White to make up for it just because he's small, not that athletic. He's somebody you can't trust in coverage. Uh, part of that for the mental processing, part of that athleticism, part of that is just he can get caught up in zone. He sometimes try and hooks on one route and that can let somebody else behind him get open. He doesn't have the athleticism for man coverage. Uh, he's a guy who if his best chance at success is uh, – basically special teams. I don't see him being anything special. I really don't like him, but the one thing he has going for him is getting off blocks. I could see him as a 3-4 middle linebacker. I, I don't really see him as anything else. He doesn't really have that great a range, so he's not going to be... He's not a guy that you can trust as your middle linebacker. <clears throat> I mean, he's just... I mean, he's... He can't cover with crap. I mean, especially in man. He's just... He's terrible, man. He's okay in zone. I, I don't really see anything special about him in zone coverage. I mean, he's a great tackler. I mean, great physical guy. He hits hard. Uh, he's not really afraid of getting hit. Not getting hit, but not, not afraid of getting ugly, getting dirty. Um, I mean, other than that, he's not really good either way, like anything else. I mean, he's he's obviously a base linebacker. You would never put him in nickel. So I think, I mean, in the future, I don't, he's not a guy that we would want. Yeah. He, uh, he just doesn't offer enough as a three-down linebacker for us to even consider him. Uh, inside linebacker, eh, three, four. I guess a middle linebacker and a four three maybe like but like strictly on strictly on uh downs one and two you you would never play him on third down for sure not honestly uh, I I just don't see the point in taking him he he's not gonna make our defense any better yeah, I mean maybe like late day three but I mean other than that I'm not yeah no um but yeah next guy we'll just talk about another linebacker next uh Taven Coney linebacker out of Notre Dame um <clears throat> kind of versatile. I, I think he's a Mike at the next level. He's lined up at Will and Sam too, but I think he's a Mike at the next level. He can play some Sam. I at the next level, I'd probably I'd probably play him at. I don't know. It's he was tough because in, in the first game he played very good overall at Sam and Mike, but in the second game he in Mike he didn't really do all that well in nickel. I mean he was okay, but he wasn't he wasn't great. Uh, so. At the next level, I probably see him as a Mike and base, and like down to one and two. And on passing down to Nickel, I'd put him at Sam. Um, I think. I know a lot of people think he's just a two-down linebacker, but I don't. I I think he's a little more than that. He he's very tight, not very fluid in coverage, but I, I think he's good enough to where he can cover tight ends and running backs, especially when the routes break inside. Uh, he's a great tackler, probably one of the better tackles, tacklers in his class. Uh, he doesn't miss any tackles ever, guys. I mean, for a guy, for a team needing some guys that that aren't terrible, he's a good pick to make just because you could probably get him in the third or fourth round, and he's going to have a fairly high floor, and you know exactly what he is. Um, takes great angles, 
not very athletic. Doesn't have great range, but I mean, he he's not he's not that kind of guy that you want to. Well, not the kind of guy you want, but he's just not that kind of player. I mean, he's a downhill linebacker. He's great at stopping the inside run. He's uh, a very smart player. Probably one of the smarter linebackers in this class. I mean, I like him. I like him a lot more than a lot of people. I have a third round grade on him. I know a lot of people have early day three on him, but I, I think I have a third round grade on him. Yeah, but I think that's fair. You basically covered everything I had. Uh, I, he's just somebody who personally I don't like in nickel all that much. I, I think he's good enough in zone to where you can – I think I would trust him in zone coverage, honestly. I, I would be able to trust him a lot in zone coverage. I mean, he has greater, great awareness there. He's able to identify those chips and play action. Play action. So, I mean – I saw this happen a lot. I mean, probably five times in the first game I watched. He, he's able to switch between his assignments very well. Like, if, if it's a play action, he's looking towards his gap. And when he realizes it's a play action, he knows exactly where his zone is. He, he's able to transition there very quickly. Um, I, I just – he's such a smart player. He's very great play recognition. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm attracted to smart linebackers, and he's just a very smart linebacker. All right. Uh, next, uh, we can stick on the linebacker trend with Vosine Joseph, the outside linebacker from Florida. I like Joseph as a will linebacker at the next level. He has, he's a bit on the smaller side and that kind of, he gets eaten up by blocks and on those inside runs, he, he gets pretty washed out by linemen or even tight ends. It's, he struggles yeah, he really gets Yeah, forward. he does. But on but he's a very smart player. He's really he's a sifter as I like to, as a lot of people say he kind of he's smart. He, kind of like Conley, he just kind of sits and waits. He doesn't over pursue. He just doesn't he knows what he's doing. He sometimes he just wait for the play to develop and suddenly he's there making the tackle. Um, he has he's just really disciplined. I I think too. You're not going to fake him out. He has good coverage on those play actions. His him being well disciplined really helps him. He's pretty athletic. He has good range on the outside, so I trust him out of will at the next level. But it, it would be a big mistake trying to put him in the middle because he'd get eaten up alive. Yeah, I think at the next level, I'd probably say he's in will as well. I, I have a fifth or fourth round grade on him right now. Uh, probably closer to fourth or third, but. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, you pretty much covered everything I had on him. So, um, next up, we got Eric McCoy, the center out of Texas A&M. Uh, he's, he's probably my my first thing to hear off of the right now, especially since Tyler Diaz. I don't know how to say his last name. It's called Diaz. Uh, especially since he returned to school, and I believe Jake Hansen returned to school, too. So, McCoy's going to be my interior offensive lineman one. Uh, he's the center. Can play guard. I believe he played guard in 2017. Uh, the first game I watched was Clemson. Uh, he has a great, great base, great leverage and pad level. Um, he gets, he can be, a, he can get too low at times. I don't really like that. Uh, it kind of leads to being able to get, for, for the defense lineman, kind of power over him and just push him into the ground. Uh, he has great push versus the run, though. Conservative versus pass er, against, not against, conservative pass protector. Uh, mirrors similar to an, OT, to an offensive tackle, but um. Something I didn't – my main issue with him is he 
his fo- his feet are very good, but once he gets onto a block, if the defensive lineman or whoever's uh, rushing the passer goes either way, like if it's not a bull rush, if he's trying to get around him, he, he doesn't match his feet up with the dude. So he ends up and then he's playing catch up with his feet. Whereas he needs to he needs to kind of move his feet with the defensive lineman, and that has led to a lot a lot of pressures I didn't really like. But other than that, I mean. Very mobile and athletic guy, effective in the second level, great puller. Um, like I said, he's he's probably my interior offensive lineman one. I like him a lot. Yeah, basically covered all that. Uh, I'm going to talk about Rocky Austin next, one of my favorite names of the draft. He's a corner from Temple, and he's somebody who would fits in a man schema. He's really good in man, really good in press. Press man, kind of what the Bengals like to do with William Jackson, Kirkpatrick. He has great press technique. He does a good job using his hands off the press. Uh, he does a good job of kind of knocking people off their routes, and that helps him in zone, though. I don't think he's great in zone. I th- he's not yeah, he's, he's a guy you want in man, but yeah, he's – He's smart about his hands. Uh, something that I really don't like about him is his footwork. That's very, very messy. It can sometimes it gets stiff at the line, and that allows him to get beat. Or sometimes, since his feet just so out of whack on those sharp routes, he can get tend to get burned by those. But really good in man coverage. I really. I that's where I would have him play all the time. I really wouldn't try and force him into his zone scheme. And yeah, I, I think he's a really good corner, really good man who could be a solid starter. Yeah, I, I, I don't really see him as a. I don't think he can be a uh, plot defender at the next level, and that's that's the reason why I probably wouldn't take him to the Bengals because of his inability to play in the slot. But I mean, he's a great physical linebacker, great ball skills. I mean, not that great of a tackler, but he's just. I mean, you don't really expect cornerbacks to be great passers. He's pretty hit and miss. Yeah, I, yeah, he's very hit or miss. I mean, sometimes he's great. When he gets his hands on you, it's going to be a hard hit. But I I don't really see him being anything more than a fourth rounder right now for me. I, I don't know about you. What you I had an early third just because of how – I think he's one of those guys that has a low ceiling, but he can still be a solid starter. So, uh, yeah, I, so that's kind of where I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Enticing to me. I, I like his man coverage a lot, but I don't, I don't know if I'd really. He just has, to, I don't know. His feet, his feet are just. It's his feet are his so feet bad. Bother, his feet bother me a lot. I. That's something that needs to be cleaned up at the next level before he starts. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of taking projects at corner like that and I mean, he's gonna he's not gonna be very good to start off with i think he's a guy that it's gonna take him a few years and yeah but um next up I, that's all the guys that uh all your guys that you're gonna start off with so um next up is andre dilliard uh offensive tackle out of washington state um he's he's interesting he's He's a strong player, but he doesn't lash out that strength. Like he doesn't have a elite punch. He doesn't knock people over, knock people back. He's kind of just like quietly strong. He's he's a guy that he's going to in pass protection. He's not going to be the first to the hit. He's going to take a few. He's going to 
think if he steps back a little more than most offensive tackles, not if he steps back, I don't know how to, you really know how to explain it, but uh, he's not going to be first to contact. He's going to wait for you to start to go and reach for you, and then he's going to hit you with a, a powerful punch. Not a punch. I don't know how to – it's hard to – I don't know how to explain it. I know, I know what I'm thinking, but he's just – when he when someone is trying to bull rush him, he doesn't move. Uh, he stop his great stopping power. He's he's not able to power through him, knock a guy over. He's not able to. It's and I, it's I don't know. You he, have to see it to know it. It's something you have to see to. I don't know. I haven't really seen it with any other offensive tackles. So it's hard for me to to put a name on it. But um, I wrote something in my notes that describes it pretty well. One sec. Um. I don't know. I can't find it, but and he's a great offensive tackle. I mean, his feet are a tad slow, uh, but he has good footwork. Um, very good versus the running pass. He's probably going to be the best in the zone scheme at the next level, which is a fit for us. So, uh, great second level blocker. Um, the one thing I didn't like about it is his awareness kind of dips when he's in when he's in motion. So, when he's pulling, when he's in the second level, he's not really going to see everything. But I mean, that's that's normal for a lot of offensive tackles. Um, so that's an all right base, but he has a very straight stance. I wouldn't call it upright. He still gets low. He bends his knees, but his back is just too straight for me. Um, and he has also has slow reactionary movements. So that kind of all counteracts his pretty good base. Um, and by slower, and I don't know, he just, he processes quick, but his body doesn't move quick enough to, it's, it's the weirdest thing we'll ever see, and he's so effective, but you can tell that he knows exactly what's going to happen, but his, his body just moves slower than the rest of us, and I I don't know. But um, he's just – and I guess this is my main issue with him because with, whenever I uh, – stunts and chops kind – of, stunts are – he's good against stunts, but with chops, uh, like defense linemen when they chop at him, um, he just doesn't really have the hand quickness to repunch or the foot speed to reorganize his stance, and – I guess that's that's kind of a result of having slow reactionary movements, but I mean, he's he's a very good player. I, I think he's going to be a second rounder for me, uh, probably my uh, fifth offensive tackle, uh, sixth offensive sixth offensive tackle. Um, but what do you have on him, Braden? Braden seems to have gotten out of here. Well, uh, we'll be right back. We're going to have some technical difficulties, uh, resolution, and uh, we'll be back in a minute, guys. All right, guys. Uh, sorry, Braden's mic actually broke, so it's just going to be me for the rest of this episode. Um, so, I guess, finish up on Andre Dillard. Um, I think that's the last guy we're going to have today. Next week, um, probably going to take a little bit of – we're going to take a step back or two on prospects um, just because I got two midterms. Uh we might do two or three. I'm not going to announce the names right now, but stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be talking about the new head coach, Zach Taylor, the new assistants, um, a couple prospects sprinkled in there maybe, but mainly it's just going to be, be about Zach Taylor, be about the new coaches, talk about all of them, how they fit, kind of scheme we can anticipate, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Who day?